as we were headed down a long and winding road in Yellowstone National Park. Admiring the beautiful scenery, we saw a lot of cars parked on the side of the road along with a ranger's vehicle. We decided to stop and see what it was that everyone was gathering to see. When we got out of the car, we decided to walk up and see that it was a bear that was down the hill from the road. My mom had decided that she wanted to take a picture, which wasn't very smart of her because it's my mom and she is incredibly clumsy. While she was taking her picture, she almost fell down the hill trying to take it and to get a good shot. This makes sense because whenever I let her take pictures, she zooms in, which is kind of ironic. Hi, my name is Delaney Reese, and my favorite trip that I've been on with was when my family and I headed out to Wyoming and South Dakota. We had been planning this trip for a while and were all really excited. The night before we were supposed to leave for Wyoming, my mom suggested that we could leave right then and there, which I had no problem with because I w was really anticipating seeing the mountains in Yellowstone Park. Plus, we had a 19-hour drive to make and wanted to get there. So when my dad got home, we packed all of our things in the bed of his black Ford truck, and we had a small trailer hooked on the hitch that held coolers and things that we needed for staying in the mountains. I'm pretty sure it was around 4 o'clock when we left and spent all night driving through different states. My older sister Lauren and I had to share the back seat with her for 19, the whole 19 hours and this was when we were a lot younger so we didn't get as uh, uh, oh my god. So we didn't get along as good as we do now. But sleeping in the back seat with her was a nightmare. I remember waking up in the morning and we had already made it to Wyoming. We decided to pull over for breakfast at a diner. After breakfast, we headed out for Cody, Wyoming, which was the capital of Wyoming and near where we stayed. I remember being amazed at how beautiful the state was. But when we started to pull into Blackwater Creek Ranch, where we stayed, I started to cry, which, as an eight-year-old, it upset me about the forest fire that had hit the state a couple of weeks before, which sounds kind of pathetic, but I was also eight and had a pretty big heart. The ranch that we stayed at was amazing and very memorable. The owners and the people that worked there made the experiment experience <laughs> so much better. One of my favorite activities we went on as a whole family was horseback riding through the mountains with one of the guys that worked there named Connor, and he was in his early 20s, I think. I didn't notice it at the time, but I think I developed a little crush on him. My mom and I went riding with Connor by ourselves, and me, being my honorary self, was able to joke around and be funny. At one point, we were talking about the show, The Golden Girls. We played volleyball with the workers of the ranch along with the owners whom we had made friends with in the time we had stayed there, most likely because of my dad's way of being able to talk someone's ear off. When we were playing volleyball, I snuck up behind my sister and picked up a buffalo patty because there are bison everywhere in Wyoming, and, it, and I threw it like a frisbee at her back. The patty was as hard as a rock, and I'm sure it hurt, 
but it was so funny. My family started <laughs> cracking up, and they still do when someone brings it up. Yellowstone was a very exciting part of the trip, along with seeing Mount Rushmore in South Dakota. When we went to Yellowstone, it took us a whole day to drive through and see everything we could, from hot springs or bears to geysers like Old Faithful. The day we headed out for South Dakota, I remember being very upset and sad because I knew I'd miss Wyoming and Blackwater Creek Ranch. On top of that, the car ride there was even worse. I had the worst stomach pains I'd ever felt, even as an eight-year-old. I remember when we finally got to where we were staying, I took a nap because of how tiring the ride was. There was an ice cream shack that was parked across the road from where we had stayed, and we got root beer floats almost every day. Mount Rushmore itself was very fascinating and interesting to me. I've always had a love for history, so this was right up my alley. When we went out to Wyoming, I was not expecting it to impact me the way it did. The smell, the mountains, the animals, all of it made me feel happy as an eight-year-old and made me fall in love with the idea of staying there for a while or even going to college out there. Hello, my name is Lily. My name is Landon. Gas stations hold an important place in the economy, small towns, and our hearts. When we were both little kids, we both can recall fond memories of road trips. Ever since I was a little girl, I have been going to gas stations, whether it was to stretch our legs from the eight-hour drive I did twice a year, or just to grab a bug juice. Bug juice is a big part of our generation because it holds nostalgic memories and good vibes. One day, me and my grandma went to the Chiefs Post, which is a gas station in Downing. And my grandma was getting gas, and after we got gas, she went to drive away, and somehow she ended up hitting the gas pump. And now every time we drive by the cheese post, I remember that moment. Crime is a big part of gas stations. Without crime, gas stations wouldn't be the same. Lana, do you think that gas stations would still be a common place for people if there wasn't crime? I think it would still be a common place because where else are you supposed to get gas? And also sometimes the food is good. When crime is a part of location, some people get scared or creeped out. Here are some of the stories of our best and worst gas station experiences. The best gas station I've been to wasn't even a gas station. It was a truck stop at the Four Corners. It was essentially a small strip mall with gas pumps. I remember the shirts on the walls and the aisles of drinks and snacks. Please release golfers from the gym at this time. The best gas station I've ever been in was BP because they have really good food. My favorite food there is their chicken strips and mini tacos because they taste really good and brighten my day. On the other hand, the worst gas station I've ever been to was a Sinclair. Everybody called it Speedies, though, probably because that's where everybody did speed. The bathrooms were always gross, and the slushies were not slushed. It holds memories of good and bad, but mostly bad, but still memories. The worst gas station I've ever been to was right outside of Columbia. They didn't speak very good English, so we couldn't really understand them. They also had small, had a small restaurant, and while we were there, we got some food from their warmer, and it was still cold and didn't taste good. Those are gas station vibes. Okay, so there was this time me and one of my buddies, Kagan Randolph, we were out riding around on four-wheelers, right? Well, I decided I'd try to slide it around the corner, and I didn't make it around the corner. I ended up hitting a ditch. Yeah. What were you doing out riding around on your four-wheelers? Like, where did you go? I went to Garrett's house, and I wrecked on the way to Garrett's, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Coming to find out, I tore the four-wheeler up more than I thought I did.
Let's just hope Dad never finds out. What did you do to it? Well, got their bacagans and four died and wouldn't start back up. And yeah. So I had to have Kagan give me a tow home. What did he tow, give you a tow home with? I don't know, the Ranger. The Ranger? I thought it was a Razor. Yeah, that Razor, yeah. I see. Um, what were you going getting ready to do before you wrecked? Like Nothing, we were just riding around. I was supposed to be fishing, but I was just riding around. Um, now I'll tell about my hunting story. Um... So, one time I went up to the 80. You know where the 80 is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I decided I was going to go deer hunting, try to kill a deer. Um, I went up to <laughs> Crossroads and uh, rested my gun across the hay bale. <laughs> and so I saw a deer, so I rested the gun across the hay bale and I pulled the trigger. Um, didn't kill it. <laughs> I, uh, it was, it was with 30-30, not the 22. It's only the 22 if the 18 asks, not. It's the 30-30 if the 18 asks. Oh, it was... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I uh, shot it, and I didn't end up killing it because I can't hit broadside of a barn. Can't catch fish either. Yeah, I can't catch fish. That leads us to the next story. Me and Alex decided we were going to go fishing. Yeah, and I caught more fish than him and Kagan both. He caught more fish than me and Kagan. Um, <laughs> they were getting jealous. But... We were getting a little bit jealous. He caught six bass. Me and Kagan only <laughs> caught none. I think Kagan ended up catching one finally. No, he didn't. No, that was earlier in the day. He, he caught, caught one, or he hooked one. I caught one earlier in the day. Then he got his chatterbait hung up, so you're going to have to go swimming in the pond again. Yeah. Um, I had to go swimming out to a pond on a where a log was to get Kagan's bait because he got it hung up on the log. Same chatterbait that he got hung up on the other day. Well, there's a chatterbait in the pond again on the log. That was a frog the first time. Oh, he told me it was chatterbait the first time. I think it's a frog. Oh, uh, uh, nah. Um. Oh, the skunk that was out there by the <laughs> pond. <laughs> I looked over and ah, there's a skunk. Yeah. Me and David took off running. Um. <laughs> The time you kicked the possum off the poor truck, I brought you home from the FFM. <laughs> and all I see is <laughs> and a possum go flying across the yard. Uh, did he just kick a possum? I don't think he did. Uh, yeah, that that was an FFA meeting. Yeah. No, that was the uh, convention, national convention. Uh, convention. Yeah. You you brought me home, and I walk up on the porch and <laughs> big old fat possum up there. So. Naturally, what, what every country boy would do, I walk up to him and <laughs> punt him across the yard. Sure, grab him by the tail and started swinging him around. Oh, yeah, I probably should have. Didn't want to kill him. No, yeah. I wasn't killed him. Right. Get the out of here. 
he, he possums aren't aggressive. Oh, they're, like, they're like passive aggressive. I don't even know what passive aggressive means. Yo, 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 I'm Dame Dollar, or Damien, whatever you want. Yo, it's your boy, Orangey Time. We're gonna tell you about this one time, Orangey and I got Jackson Henderson, who no longer goes to this school, the belief we own the rights to some of the biggest rappers in the game, like Juice World, XXX Contaction, and Post Malone, and a bunch more. I'm kidding, I don't remember, it was a long time ago. So basically, me and Damien were just swinging at the park. Jackson Henderson rolled up, and he's like, yo, give me some words to freestyle to. And we he was, was like, like, JBL. Yeah, so basically, we just told him that Damien had a state-of-the-art recording studio in his mom's garage, and yeah. So, basically, Jackson Henderson started rapping to our word JBL, and we'll play that right now. Mason has to find it in his phone, though. So we're gonna play you a song. Provocative language incoming. Plug your ears if you would like. Jackson Henderson's rap about the word JBL. He also rapped another song, but we do not remember the word we gave him. But we'll play it for you anyways. It might have been LeBron James, not quite sure. Or Nike, we don't know. It also has bad language. Plug your ears even more. You just tell me what it is. It's gone? Okay, listen. Y'all... You just tell me what it is. It's gone? Hey, Sorry, he's retarded. Y'all told me that I was trash. Well, you know that I can because I'm sitting out here chilling next to the trash can because I'm trying to make it in. I must be like LeBron James because I go hard in the paint. I'm over here just overthinking my life. Like, what have I doing? What have I be doing if I be gripping the knife? I can't think about that right now. My mama told me to be proud. I swear to God, I guess I got to do that so I can just go shoot for the stars like I'm little Pete. But for some reason, I just get high on all of my emotions that I felt last week, but for some reason I just keep on rolling up this weed and smoking, over here feeling like my love could be potent, but I ain't no little kid, over here feeling like I can make it in, I've been sitting on the bench for way too long, I need the coach put me in the game, I mean haven't you heard my songs, I mean I only freestyle and never write, over here feeling like y'all wanna put me down as a stereotype because I'm white. Yeah, so, those lyrics are, it was great, super hot. Fire. They were a little inappropriate, sorry. Um, and also, I used a bad word. Damien needs a no-no. 
Ain't never gonna happen again. I'm sorry. You already know. He said he's sorry. You can't cancel him. You can't cancel me, dog. I said I'm sorry. Yeah, so basically, that's what it is. That's how it be. Apparently, Mason had a run-in with Jackson Henderson earlier this month. And he said his flow has gotten way better. But I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I tried getting a hold of him. He just ain't respond. He's too famous for us, but it's whatever. He signed with another record, we guess. <laughs> Peace out, dog. Orangey time. Gone. Hello, I am Aiden, and I'm here with Carson, and we like to bully small children. Today, we're going to be talking about the people that go to the park. Number one. Cricker crew. They're just a bunch of crickers. Number two. Carson. He's just fat. And un and unathletic. Number three. Myself. Has a perm. And gets all the ladies. Number, what number is it? Four. <laughs> Mason. He's a ginger. Number five, Damien. Fat and unathletic, like me. Number six. But a little faster. No wuss. He has a lisp. Number seven. Carter. Knows a bunch of stuff he probably shouldn't at his age. Knows a bunch of sexual stuff. Number, I don't even remember. Queen City is one of the main places people can hang out in Schuyler County, but it's mainly people from Queen City because it's in the middle of nowhere and we all don't have cars. We have a lot of stories from the park, like Carson throwing the foot. We play football a lot. Carson likes to play catch. We normally all just go to the park and play a sport. And sometimes we'll just sit on the bench and talk about, not our feelings, because that's some woman stuff, but what Carson said, but we can't talk like that. Uh, we will have some interviews later on, but they're retarded, and I don't know if they're going to be, sorry, they're unintelligent, and I don't know when they're going to be doing this. So for now, we're just going to talk until we get soon. So, Carson, you can talk about something, a story that you have. Made an autistic kid run into a tree when playing football. Went over the sped limit. He got chased by a kid <laughs> with a piece of straw in his mouth. Waving his hands and screaming, Ooga Booga, Ooga Booga, Ooga Booga. Oh, he yelled at two Mexicans, I think. He yelled at them to get out of the park. It was fun. Yeah, whenever we go to the park, there's a lot of yelling and a lot of swear words and a lot of... Minorities. I wasn't going to say minorities, but okay. Disabled people? No. <laughs> you can't say that, Carson. <laughs> Schizophrenia is a disability. Oh, yeah. So there's a um, 
schizophrenic guy. There's a drug place on one side of town, and there's a drug place on the other side of town. And a lot of the time, people like to walk through the park to get to the other side of the drug town. And we find a lot of fun interactions. One side is more popular because of someone who I will not say, so I don't have to redo this podcast again. One time, some drug addict... (laughs) walked through the park and asked if we wanted a nickel. We didn't take the nickel. Carson, talk about the schizophrenic story. Oh, he was just walking through the park. Then his son played football with us and started crying because Jorge. Yeah, there's this little kid called Jorge or George, depends on what language you're fluent in. He's not Gorg. Um, He was not the nicest person you'd play football against, but... He's stupid. I wouldn't call him stupid. He's, He's stupid. Uneducated, disrespectful, and etc. There used to be a kid named Isaiah that used yeah. to come to the park, and they were buddies. They used to steal from each, from us all the time. And now one still goes here, and one is in Kurtzville. Who's in Kurtzville? Jorge. Jorge's in Kurtzville. Oh, Isaiah's still here. He'd still be in Kurtzville. He'd, I don't we're supposed to have an interview, but they're, I don't know what they're doing, and we're only supposed to go for six minutes, and it is. Oh, yeah, so we took this kid named Noah. He likes to steal all the time. Like, every time we leave something at the park to, like, because we're just going to come back. Like, we'll leave something at the park and then come back, like, ten minutes later, and it'll be gone. And this little kid named Noah would come in. He'd come in and take our stuff and leave. And so a couple days ago, me and my friend Mason, a.k.a. Orangey, took took the bike to run to his house, and we went back to the park, and he wasn't there. So, long story short, this bike's in Mason's ditch. We're going to give it back to him. We just don't know where he lives. And um, we went all around town with this one bike. We got I got on the pegs of the bike. Mason drove on the bike, and we just pedaled around. We went to my house. And then we drove on the highway to the Amish store. And then we drove to Kaylee's house to yell at her to bring us food. And then we uh, we drove back to the park, and Noah wasn't there. And then we threw it in the back of my dad's truck and put, took it to Mason's house. And now I have to talk about four or five more seconds. So Carson's going to talk about random stuff. I have a lot of stories, but I don't remember them. I've been going to the park for too long. And that's it. <laughs> My childhood life in the small town of Schuyler County wasn't necessarily something I would want to write in a biography about me. But here's the story. Here's the story about the girl who grew from the downfalls of a click community. Hi, I'm Allie, and my life (laughs) is kind of crazy. I was as pure as you could get. I wasn't a tad bit damaged. I was one of those kids that were never shielded by anyone, but always happened to shield themselves. I remember my kindergarten year vaguely, because I wasn't there for much of it. I missed 37 days of school because I was very sick with pneumonia and couldn't seem to get over it. I ended up in the hospital a couple of times even. But the days I were there weren't significant enough to remember. My mom worked in the high school, which was down the sidewalk a little ways, and I had separation anxiety. I always wanted to be attached to hip, so being in a new school with new faces was not really a plus for me. Then kindergarten passed and I found myself breaking my ice a little not just standing in the same corner, crossing my fingers that I wouldn't break with no warning, but actually 
walking across the path of life myself. I started first grade at the school because my mom knew she wasn't going to be a teacher forever, and she wanted me to not get my friends established and then have to switch, so I made the move early. First grade came as a little shock, but not as bad as Cameron was. I was a little more stronger built, which was good in my case, but like a pancake, if you flip me over at the right time, I was still soft, even if I didn't appear even if I didn't appear like I was on the outside. I grew to gain friends, and when I finally went to sleepover and didn't call my mom crying at 2 a.m., it was a pretty great achievement. Then second grade came along, and that's when I started focusing on school. We had to read 100 books throughout the year, and I ended up with 844, or more, but I haven't kept that much count. I started checking out chapter books at the library, and I got special projects to do so I wouldn't be bored throughout the day. They were bibliographies that I read, and then I did a report on them and presented them and presented them to my class. It was quite fun, actually. Then we have the big third grade come along. And whenever I hear third grade, all I can think about is multiplication tables, sergeant sevens, and my dog dying. But hey, it's the average life of a nine-year-old, right? I still have my cupcakes in and socks I won in class one time because of class dojo points. And they still fit, and that's saying something since I wear an eight and a half. Then fourth grade came along, and I made a life-altering decision that if I could go back, I would have made a different choice. But you can't cry over spilt milk. All you can do is pour yourself another, preferably in a sippy cup, and that's how I've been dealing with it. This decision wasn't the worst decision I've ever made for myself, but if I could go back, I would change it. I wasn't learning anything in fourth grade, and it came to the point that I hated going to school because it was not beneficial to me. So. My parents and I decided that we should do something about it. The fourth grade teacher was on maternity leave whenever we were discussing this, so if we went ahead with it, it would take place before she'd get back. This life-changing decision was leaving my old grade and moving up to the one above me. If I could go back now, I would change it, but I didn't always feel this way. I had friends in this grade before I even came to it, and that was a plus for me. My parents knew almost everyone's parents in my grade, and they were all good friends, which was also a plus. I had a seven-day free trial of the grade, and then I had to decide if I wanted to cancel my subscription, and I chose to renew it. Honestly, don't know why, but I did. And now it has been taking money out of my internal bank account ever since, and I almost went bankrupt one time. But that story will come out in the wash later on. But for now, let's take a moment to stop and pick a daisy or something. In other words, Think about the good before we get into the bad. So I was with this class the last half of fifth grade, and I've been with them ever since. Fifth grade went smoothly, and then here came sixth grade, dot, 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 dot. And I'm just going to leave those four dots there and move it right along. I got to speak at our sixth grade graduation and introduce the board members and everything. And that was quite an honor for me because I was barely 11 and going into seventh grade. Seventh grade was pretty good. I took a liking to art and found out that I wasn't half bad at it either. And I made friends with upperclassmen, so the friends I lost the year before seemed insignificant to me at that time. Then eighth grade came along, and the people and friends I didn't think I needed seemed to matter. Whenever they have the upper hand in picking teams for PE, and all of them are just hoping they pick wisely and don't get stuck with me, it's pretty devastating. But I grew to not care that much, and it eventually got better. It wasn't that I was bad at sports, because I'm not. 
I just never have been given the opportunity to show my abilities because I'm too little, which hurt me more than anything else because I couldn't help that. Now, I'm not saying that I get, fir- get picked first because I don't. I'm not the best at PE games, and I'll be the first one to admit that. But I feel that those people want to hold on to their pride more than saving a spot on their teams for me. And I got told that one time too. I get told a lot that I'm the baby. I don't belong here. How old are you, like eight? It honestly takes a dollar, and then a five, and then eventually a 10, and so on out of my bank account, until I was finding myself in debt, personal debt. I was never depressed or anything like that, but I would be lying if I said I wasn't hurt at least a little bit, even though my mom says I shouldn't be. I hate when people throw themselves pity parties, so this is the last thing that I would ever want this to sound like, but I wanna let other people know that I know I know the stones you threw at my glass house, but I never threw them back. You know why? Because people with glass houses should really not throw stones. And that goes both ways. I just want to let people know in the nicest, most Christian way possible that I heard everything. All the times I got brought up at parents' birthday parties, not the kids' even, the parents. And I'm just going to leave that there. But I've grown from all of this. I'm sure every teenage girl goes through this stuff, and I'll be the first one to admit that the world does not revolve around me. But part of me wished that I had someone to tell me that they went through the exact same thing. But usually, one person's story isn't like others. I had a very strong faith before all this, and I would pray every single day that it would get better. And it eventually did. But I believe that everything happens for a reason. The teen drama, the heartache, all of it adds up and becomes the things... that you get through. It becomes the things that make me the person I am. They've made me the person that is closer to God after all this, and the person who always sticks up for other people, no matter what. I would have loved for me to have learned how to grow as a person without having to go through the heartache of losing friends and everything. But now I know, a cover girl doesn't cry after their face is made. So I've been putting personal paychecks into my internal bank account because I finally learned that there was a deposit button, not just a withdrawal one. I realized that I had an old chapter mixed in with a new story, and I finally decided to rewrite a new one myself. I realized that I needed to be the best person I could be, and that has been the most rewarding piece of advice I think I've ever received. Broken hearts get mended back together. Tears dry up, but the way people view you and your personality will be with you long after you leave this earth. So I could conclude this with a, this was my story, but it isn't. How is it your story if you never got to write it yourself? So pick up the pen with permanent ink and get to writing.